Wow, George Lucas has nothing on us. I'm going to miss that title package when this series ends so powerful, and it should be powerful. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of hate to see uh, Christmas pass. In, in fact, I've been in homes uh, where occasionally I'll still find a Christmas tree, like in the summer. Like, you don't want to take it down. You know, or a manger scene set up in a corner display or uh, next to a fireplace. And I get it, you know. Uh, we don't want to see all the goodwill and all the sense of celebration that marks this season just vanish. We want to hang on to it. But God has a better way. Let me uh, pray with you and then we'll begin our message. Lord, we're here to talk about uh, an angel's message. About what the difference the birth of Jesus would make in the world. Not only for a few people, but for all people. Lord, bless us to better understand how uh, the impact of goodwill uh, can make a difference. Not only in our celebration of Christmas, but in our celebration of life. To your glory, to the good of others, and, and to our favor and blessing. We pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a simple text, and it's been used in many of our favorite Christmas carols. In fact, one of the oldest is uh, in Latin. It's called the uh, Excelsis Deo. And uh, the phrase that is repeated is the phrase of the angels, although they didn't speak Latin. Gloria in Excelsis Deo, which simply means glory in the highest to God. But it goes on to say, And on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Or does it? See, this has always conflicted me. And every time I read the various translations, I see that they all translate it just a bit differently. And, and I'm usually frustrated if I don't have uh, you know, my Greek materials handy. And, I, and uh, I'm always wanting to go back and see what does it actually say there. Because that's not how I learned it as a child. Here's how I learned it as a child in the King James Version. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That was the translation that I memorized when I was in school. But today, the NIV, the New International Version, is the version of most Christians. uh, And it's the one that we use here because idioms change, and we want to use the vernacular. We want to use the language of the people. We don't say, suffer the little children to come unto me. That sounds ominous. You know, so we've uh, updated language, and that's, that's proper. We should do that. But it, it, it makes you wonder then, well, what's right and what's wrong? Because the NIV says, glory to God in the highest heaven. Where's highest heaven? doesn't say that up here. Is that in there? And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, is it goodwill toward men or on whom his favor rests? been curious about that every time I read it or hear it read around Christmas. And I've always intended to go back. And fortunately for me, Pastor Dion said, I'd like you to preach on that for the weekend after Christmas. And I said, well, good. I've been wanting to study that anyway. Because some of the translations say, peace among men of goodwill. Well, that's different. Peace to men of peace. You know, only if you're a man of peace do I wish you peace. Peace on men with whom he is pleased. Peace on whom his favor rests, or peace, goodwill toward men. A lot of variations of that reading. 
you know, what is accurate, what is right. Now, I was uh, trained in a seminary of the, of the Reformation, and, and I loved my seminary training. I think it was so valuable because the men that I studied with understood that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, and that changes everything that you look at in the Bible. You know that God is a God of love, and, and even when we suffer, he says you can rejoice in your suffering because it produces inner endurance, and endurance produces greater faith, and faith doesn't disappoint. So everything is about God's love to us. It's not what we do to please God. It's what God has done to make us pleasing. So knowing how people translate the Bible and where they come from is important when you begin to trust what they say. And so I went back to one of my old professor's writings who had written notes uh, about Luke, and I consulted his work in the Concordia Study Bible, and, and here's how he explained this text. He says, peace is not assured to all. Well, I get that. You know, God extends peace to all. It's like writing a check. He's laying it down, but if you're not picking it up, it's a check uncashed, right? Is there still power in a check if they have the resources to back it up? Yes. But if you don't cash the check, it remains powerless to you. So, right, it's not assured to all, even though it's offered to all. But then he went on to say, but only to those pleasing to God. The objects of his good favor. And I eh, you kind of let me down there, brother. Because if I filled a room with people who were not the objects of his good favor, I would show you an empty room. God's good favor is for all people. In fact, uh, let's consult the Greek on this. I'm not that guy. I'm not the pastor. I don't recall ever last year bringing Greek or Hebrew up to you. But I thought in this case we probably ought to do it. Doxa in hypistois, glory in the highest. It doesn't say heaven, by the way. So NIV, strike the word heaven. You know, glory in the highest to God, Theo, uh, and epe geis erene, and on earth peace in anthropois, you know, anthropos, the study of men, uh, on men, odokias. Uh, Eudokias, which means simply favor. This is not an adjective. This is just a noun. Irene and Anthropos, Eudokias. Peace on earth, favor. Peace on earth, goodwill. It's peace that finds its expression in goodwill to you. It's an incredible, simple passage that has gotten uh, so distorted. I like the way another commentator wrote about it. He said, the birth of a Savior is an expression, an action of goodwill towards us. You know, the, the, the angels were just intermediaries. You know, they were people in between. They were in summary mode here. They were saying, glory to God for this night. Because if I were God, I would have fried these people long ago. I mean, all that you've done for them, uh, you've created them, you've made them, and, and they seem so unappreciative of what you have done for them. You know, but you are different than that. You think different thoughts. Your perspective is completely different. So glory to you for being that God. And people on earth, you know, they're, they're kind of these intermediaries between God, not God, and, and not yet people. They're saying, man, do you realize the difference that this shalom, this peace makes? God is going to perform actions of goodwill towards you. Now, when the angels spoke about peace and goodwill toward men, uh, there's a question. Were they speaking about peace on earth? What does that mean, peace on earth? You know, the, the Pope will often come out on his balcony, and there's a good friend that studies 
uh, in our sermon prep with us every Tuesday morning. Uh, Bill is his name, and, and he's a good Catholic boy. And I asked him, do you think the Pope's going to come out and declare peace on earth again today? And he says, oh, I'm sure he will. And, and uh, I said, I'm sure he will too. I said, but you know, is that really what God promises on Christmas? It's not peace between men. It's peace with God. Jesus brings a reconciliation. You know, the sin that separated us from God in Eden, you know, and, and God could no longer coexist with people because he is holy and we are not. And, and to be in the presence of holiness. Even Isaiah said when he saw heaven in his vision, he says, woe is me for I'm a man of, of sin and, and I live among sinful people. And then an angel flew with uh, a live coal from the offering that is burning in heaven and touched his lips and says, now your sins are taken away. That's what Jesus came to do, to take away our sins, to restore a relationship with God that was lost because of sin. He took the sin out of the way. The Bible says he became sin who knew no sin so that we might receive his righteousness. It was a swap. You know, he gave us righteousness. He took our sin. And so it was peace with God. But Pope is not wrong on this because people of peace are able to have peace with others as well. How can you share peace with others if you don't know peace yourself? You know, we are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. When you know what God has done for you, when you know how God has forgiven you, then the scripture goes and says, so why don't you forgive others? Because you've been forgiven so much. You know, why do you hold it against your brother? God doesn't hold it against you. Why isn't your love unconditional? God's love towards you is unconditional. And so we make a difference in the world. It's interesting that the angels that night were only responding to a singular angel, probably Gabriel, who came with the initial message. He said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for, that will be for all people, all mankind. And it wasn't only for those upon whom his favor rests. I bring you good news that will be for all mankind. You know, having Christians in the world, having people of faith in the world, having people who understand Christmas is good for the world, even for those who don't yet believe. Good for all mankind. For today, in the city of David, has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I, I, I like to think about these angels and what that must have been like. You know, uh, God sent Gabriel to Mary in Nazareth, and then he said. Uh, Gabriel also to Joseph. Uh, he sent Gabriel to Zechariah to Elizabeth. And, and uh, he was that messenger angel. And so no doubt he was also that angel that announced to the shepherds, you know, this good news for you and all mankind. But all the other angels said, why does he get a go? You know, I, just, I can just imagine, you know, if I apply my mentality to them. He gets to do all the fun stuff, you know. Can't we at least go and watch? Okay, you can go and watch, but be quiet. Okay, and, and so when that angel got done speaking, they say, and this is, and then boom, the whole sky was filled with all those angels who were tagalongs saying glory to God in the highest. And do you realize what this means on earth too? Peace, it means goodwill towards you. And so peace with God yields peace with people and, and it brings focus to the cross. We have peace with God, we have peace with others uh, because we understand what that means and, and it brings glory to God. I like that because it's almost like the Christmas star. You know, it brings focus to where focus ought to be brought. Jesus himself said in what is now called the Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't you understand that you are the salt of the world? 
But if salt loses its saltiness, it's not much better than sand. It has no useful purpose. It's not a preservative. It doesn't bring flavor to life. Just throw it out and walk on it. It's useless. And that's what you are if you're not influencing others with acts of goodwill, the impact of goodwill. You are salt. And he says, neither do people light a lamp. You are light and hide it away. No, they light it so that it gives light to others in the room. So let your light so shine before others that they might see your good works and they might, like the angels, give glory to God for the goodwill that they've experienced. Have you been in one of these stores called a goodwill store? You know, Goodwill Industries? Uh, you can tell me that you haven't, but statistics say you have. You know. In fact, resale stores are the fastest growing part of the retail market right now uh, since 2008. I don't know what happened that year, but something bad. And uh, since 2008, uh, these stores have risen 7% in the market. And it says that Americans, 18% of us will shop in a resale shop or a Goodwill shop uh, in, in an annual year. And you say, well, that's not so much. But those of us who actually go into a retail store like Kohl's or Marshall's or uh, any, any kind of a retail store is only 19%. And those of us who go into a large department store, it's only like 20%. And so they're right there. Resell it is hot. And it goes back, way back to 1902 when a pastor by the name of uh, Edgar Helms in Boston said, you know, I don't think it really helps people to give them handouts. I think it weakens people to give handouts. Uh, they become reliant on others. I'd rather give them a hand up than a hand out. And so he devised with his congregation this system uh, of gathering castoffs from wealthier neighborhoods in Boston, clothing and other things. And then he hired uh, people who had no work or people who were on the poor side of things or people who needed training and a lot of times disabled people uh, to mend and repair these things and to sell these things uh, after they had been refurbished. And it took off. It took off in a big way. His theme was, let's give them a hand up, not a hand out. And uh, we give them dignity along with help. Last year in the Goodwill stores alone, I'm not even talking about all the resale stores, but in the Goodwill stores alone, there were $5 billion worth of profit. That's B, $5 billion from 3,000 stores. And you say, well, are they still uh, giving a hand up and not a hand out? Absolutely. Uh, they have a good track record. 83% of their receipts last year were proven to be charitable, used to train and, uh, and provide work for those who were unfortunate. Two million people last year received training. Almost half a million were placed in full-time jobs. Incredible. The CEO describes it this way. He says, we run a unique hybrid called a social enterprise, not just a retail business. We're in a social enterprise. Instead of a single bottom line of profit, we hold ourselves accountable to a triple bottom line of people, planet, and performance. You know, people, recycling, uh, environmental, and also production. We want to do things. We want to accomplish things. It's an incredible motto, and it's worked so well. Because of Christmas, we are in the goodwill industry business. And I like that. You know, if we were engaged with people, if we were engaged in the creation that God has given us, and if we functioned at a level of purpose, that would be an incredible thing for us to do. 
rather than just concern ourselves with success, mere success, you know, gathering more and more things. God, when he thinks about goodwill, is, I like to say, altruistic. And altruism is defined as uh, being good for goodness sake, acting with an unselfish regard for others. In other words, I'm not even trying to manipulate them to behave differently. You know, I'm not trying to achieve anything. I'm not trying to receive recognition. I'm just being good for goodness sake. You know, the old Santa Claus refrain. You know, just be good for goodness sake. Just because that's the way we ought to be. That's how God is unconditional in his goodness and in his goodwill towards us. If we had that attitude, we would be difference makers. In fact, when we give without expectation of receiving, we are fulfilled and we are engaged. And it's not just in financial ways. It's in holding a door. It's in buying a meal at a restaurant. You know, it's, it's kind of fun to do. I've had people do that for me. They see me in the restaurant and they uh, quietly, anonymously pay for my meal. And, and we've begun to do that for some other people too. And it's just kind of a fun thing to do. And it makes you feel good. And it certainly blesses them. Or, or paying a bill for somebody that you know is struggling to make their ends meet without any credit coming back to you, raking their leaves or, or watching their house for them or even bringing their garbage cans in when they float away in the rain. You know, all of those kinds of things make a difference in ways that matter. I remember as a, as a child, uh, I, was, I was raised in a, a fairly poor family in a, in a, in a poor town, uh, although we didn't know it. Kids, you know, think everybody's raised like that, and so we didn't think anything of it. But uh, I know that... When snow fell, we saw dollar signs. You know, we didn't care whether we missed school or not. We cared that we could go shovel walks and shovel driveways and make some real money. And that money we were allowed to keep. But my father had this rule that first you had to go shovel Mrs. Kennedy's drive. And man, she had a drive. She had, it wasn't paved either. It was all gravel. And before we could go out and make any money, we had to take care. I said, Dad, we'll do it later. You know, time's a waste and money's to be made. And he says, well, then you better get busy, you know. And I can tell you that I forgot about all those other driveways. I don't remember how much money I charged for a driveway or a walk. But I've never forgot shoveling Mrs. Kennedy's driveway next door, a widow, you know, and uh, with living with her elderly mom and how grateful she was. I can still see that in my mind. I can't see any of that other stuff, but I can still see that. That's the power of goodwill. Ralph Waldo Emerson put it this way. It's not your circumstance, he said. It's not what lies behind us. It's not your painful past. Uh, it's not what lies before you. It's not the difficulty that you're facing. Uh, they are tiny matters compared to what lies within you. The knowledge of God's love as displayed in Christ Jesus is a game changer. And when you understand that and you begin to reflect that as the salt and light of God in this world... Things change. They change for you and they change for others. There's a scripture that says, A generous person will be prospered, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That should not be your motive, but that's the surprising consequence of the impact of goodwill. I love Pastor Dion's preaching. Man, I'm so blessed to be in a church where he's our senior pastor, and and, uh, he likes to quote... uh, the latest statistical findings, have you noticed? And, uh, and uh, I'm mocked for going to history all the time. That's my weakness, I suppose. But I'm going to play Pastor Dion with you today because uh, in the magazine Psychology Today, 
and what he understands is what is true. That if there's truth in the scripture, people figure it out. And even though they aren't Christian and they don't quote the scripture, they come to the same truth because it's just observably so. In psychology today, there's four ways altruism, you know, being good for goodness sake, creates happy and empowered children and adults. And if you want to raise kids that are happy and kids that are making a difference and kids that are empowered and have self-esteem, this is the way to do it. It increases their happiness. It, it really does. You know, they will walk on a cloud for having done something uh, for goodness sake. Abraham Lincoln, see there's my history kicking in. Abraham Lincoln said, my religion briefly stated is that when I do good, I feel good. And when I do bad, I feel bad. You know, we all know that that's true. We know that's true. So why not engage in the impact of goodwill? You know, because of this birth in Bethlehem, glory to God. Now let's do goodwill as he does goodwill to us. Secondly, it fosters relationships and relationships are the stuff that matter. In fact, as you talk about uh, your celebration of uh, Christmas, uh, almost all of you talk to me about who was there or who wasn't there and is your family able to get together? Are you going to be able to see your kids in Idaho? And, and that's what ultimately matters. You know, I said in an earlier service that Carol and I each year say, man, we don't need any more stuff. In fact, we're trying to get rid of our stuff. We're trying to reduce our stuff. But there's still a necessity to give, isn't there? You know, you, you find things that are still an expression of your love and your goodwill for each other because it fosters and encourages a relationship. It requires an action, not just a word. Third, it strengthens personal value. You want to make your kids feel like they're important? Teach them to be good for goodness sake. Teach them the impact of doing good for others, just like my dad did with Mrs. Kennedy. They will never forget it, and it will change their nature, and it will make them impact players in the game of life. And finally, it increases our sense of purpose in life. And man, you have a purpose. I don't care what you do for a paycheck. I don't care how successful you've been. I don't care what trophies you have. There's a purpose greater than that. And it's a great equalizer. You know, I'm here to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm an ambassador for God. And I can do that no matter what job I do. If I'm riding the back of a garbage truck, I can be that person. And man, I've seen it. I've seen it of people who... Uh, serve hamburgers, you know, at McDonald's. There's people there that are not just serving hamburgers, they're serving Christ up, you know, with their joy and with their smiles. And, and uh, it doesn't matter what you do. We all have a greater purpose than that in life. And we're blessed to know it. And man, is it needed. Because this is not a place of goodwill. This is a place of ill will in society today. You know, Black Lives Matter are shutting down shopping centers and rioting here and there and shutting down airports. And other people are arguing, Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. It's a place of division. And it's a place of ill will. And that seems to capture the news. The LGBT movement versus the Sanctio Life movement. And people are arguing, not listening, not caring, not showing compassion towards each other. Uh, it's okay to have values. It's okay to even represent the truth that you know. Uh, to others, but do it in a respectful way. Do it with goodwill. Republicans versus Democrats, man, it's just such, so much noise and so much uh, uh, just degraded, uh, degradation of other people. The anti-gun versus the pro-gun lobby, just on and on. There's divisions in our nation. Uh, radical Islam versus radical Christianity. No one listening to each other. No one emphasizing what's right. No one standing up 
uh, for, for their faith in a proper way. Immigration reform, get them out of here. You know, they don't belong here. They're draining our society versus sanctuary cities that say we won't even prosecute them if they do crime. Perso- uh, pacifists versus hawks. So much division. And it's not just true in the nation. We're not just going to be in here talking what's bad in America. It's true in your life. There's ill will. There's bullies. If you have a kid, you know about bullies. And if you don't, then your kid is a bully. <laughs> Because all kids face that. And some of us as adults face that. There's inequities. There's deceptions. There's scams. There's people always trying to trick you. Always trying to steal your identification. You know, always trying to rip you off. The song uh, that has served as the basis for the theme of this series, A Thrill of Hope, is O Holy Night. It says, A Thrill of Hope. The weary soul rejoices, weary from all the ill will that we face in society. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So fall on your knees and hear the angel voices. Glory to God. Goodwill to men. That will change relationships. That will change a workplace. That will change a parental relationship. That will change a marriage. It's not a political solution we need. It's not a forced solution we need. It's not violence against violence that we need. It's not shaming others that will cause change. It's the impact of goodwill. Now, the reason that many of us don't go into goodwill stores is that they are messy. (laughs) They truly are, you know, and uh, their clothes will have to be washed probably. Uh, But they make a difference. 2,000 people receive training Almost half a million people received job placement. 83% of all their income went to do charitable things. It makes a difference. And by the way, while you're making a difference, you also are blessed uh, to be a part of that. Um, a year ago, I bought Jeff Cook a snowblower because I already had one. Um, he did pay me for it, but he still owes me in a big way because he's so underpaid for this great gift that I gave him. You know, the putter that I use today when I golf, and I'm dedicated to that, would pay a lot of money for a putter. But the putter that I use is a $4 putter. The, it, it's, a, it's a tailor-made Rosa putter. I put a $15 handle on it. You know, just incredible. You know, the blessing that I receive also while being a blessing to others. Goodwill stores are messy, and so most of us won't go there. Doing God's goodwill is messy too. And so some of us don't go there because people's lives are a mess. And if you show them goodwill, they won't, they won't show you kindness in response. They may not even be grateful. They may just abuse you. They may even question your motive for being uh, gracious to them. But it still matters. Words fall short. Actions change things. Acts of goodwill. God didn't just say, I hope it all works out for you guys. He so loved the world that he sent his son, that he acted that he gave us our salvation, and he continues to act for us. Relationships are not changed by good thoughts. Marriages are damaged, and marriages are blessed when people perform acts of goodwill. It's true in your social relationships. It's true in all relational struggles. I think it's even true in the world. We make a difference by being God's light, by being God's salt, by bringing goodwill to all mankind. Amen. Let's pray.